0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by SocialMediaExaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2017, the world's largest social media marketing conference, an event you absolutely do not want to miss. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by AJ Wilcox, and we're going to talk about everything you need to know about LinkedIn advertising. By the way, if you want to reach me, feel free to reach out to me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery.
0: After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered.
1: Okay, well, let's see here. I've got something really cool in my hands. It is something called a funny pika. And you're probably like, what the heck is that? Well, if you are ever in a position where you're trying to film something either on your laptop or your computer or your smartphone... And let's say you've got a selfie stick up and you're trying to get yourself and a couple other people in the picture, but you just you just don't have a wide enough lens with the camera that's built into all these little devices. Well, this little thing I'm holding in my hands is called a F-U-N-I-P-I-C-A. Basically, it looks like a, I don't know how to say this, like a big clip. And on one end of the clip is this monstrously big lens That you just simply clip over the top of the the lens on your iPhone or on your Android or on your laptop or on your computer. And what it does is it kind of makes it into a super wide angle with a slight fisheye look to it. So this is a great way for you to either take a picture in a selfie mode with lots of people in it, and you just can't normally fit it in there, or it allows you to just get a much wider view of wherever you are. So maybe you're outside, or maybe you're in a place where you want to give a bigger perspective of where you are, or maybe you're doing a live video show and you want to try to get the totality of what you're experiencing live on site with, um, you know, with with a wider lens. What's cool about this thing is it's it's pretty dynamic. Um, this wide angle lens is a 0.36 super wide lens, but you can go ahead and unscrew the top of it. And then it turns into a 15 times macro. Now a macro lens will allow you to get in really close on something much closer than you might normally be able to get with just the camera that's built into whatever device you happen to have. So you can get this thing on Amazon. It's like $32. I received one as a gift, uh, from a company that's not, uh, uh, FUNI PICA from somebody else happened to send it to me. I think it's pretty cool. It's small enough that you could carry it around in your bag and just kind of have it when you need it. Again, it's F-U-N-I P-I-C-A. Hope you try it out. This particular one says F-515. So I don't know if that's the model number, but check it out. Uh, search it on Amazon and you will be able to find more. If you were listening to last week's episode, you heard me announce the exciting new Social Media Marketing World 2017. We have just opened up the conference and we've got lots of details and you're gonna continue to hear more about this conference as the weeks go on. But I just wanna take a second and let you know why I believe conferences are so important for you and your business. I started Social Media Examiner By going to a conference, I went there with a camera man and I interviewed a bunch of people, and that is what launched Social Media Examiner into what it is today. The benefit really of getting to connect with all these powerful people inside of one location at a mega conference is pretty priceless. And while I know it's not cheap to buy a ticket, to travel, and to get a hotel, all these things add up to a lot of money. I also know that it could take months or years to accomplish the kinds of connections that you would get just from the networking side alone by going to a conference of this magnitude. We expect to have 4,000 marketers from all over the world. And this really is the leading conference in our industry. And if you're thinking about really wanting to meet a lot of the thought leaders in person, meeting a lot of the people that work for a lot of the big brands and social networks that you respect, then maybe this is an investment that's worth your while. I think that perhaps the best thing you can do is just use the hashtag SMMW16 and tweet out to people that attended last year and just say, what did it do for your business? How did it help you? Or use the hashtag SMMW17 to reach out to the many hundreds who've already purchased tickets to the conference. So would you please check it out? See if it makes sense for you and your business. Study the lineup. Look at the presenters study some of the content that we're going to have there and some of the networking opportunities. And hopefully you will agree with me that this is something that is a very good investment in the future of your business, your career, and much, much more. So to find out more, simply visit socialmediaworld17.com. Again, socialmediaworld17.com. Let's transition over to this week's interview with AJ Wilcox.
0: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
1: This week, I'm joined by AJ Wilcox. If you don't know who AJ is, he's a LinkedIn ad expert. His agency, B2Linked, specializes in business-to-business advertising and lead generation on LinkedIn. In addition to managing lots of accounts for lots of clients, AJ also specializes in LinkedIn ad training. So if you're thinking about wanting to go further with your LinkedIn ads beyond today's podcast, AJ's your man. AJ, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. All right. Well, today, AJ and I are going to explore what B2B marketers need to know about advertising on LinkedIn. So AJ, before we dig in, uh, I'd love to get your backstory. How did you end up focusing on LinkedIn ads?
0: Yeah, sure. So my backstory is I'm a longtime digital marketer. I started out doing SEO really heavily, SEO and, and like Google AdWords. And then I got recruited into a local tech company um, here in Utah, where I'm from, here about four and a half years ago. And I went in to talk to the CMO my first day and laid out my plan. Here's what I'm going to do for for SEO. Here's PPC. Here's social media. And she said, okay, all that sounds great. Go ahead and execute. But just so you know, we started a pilot with LinkedIn ads. See what you can do with it. And to her, I said, oh, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And I turned around and started laughing because I really felt like I was a, a pro, you know, more or less a veteran at digital marketing. And I had never even heard of LinkedIn ads. And so, I, you know, really to keep the egg off. My so face, you were laughing
1: inside your brain, but you were probably a little scared, huh?
0: <laughs> oh, I was super scared. Yeah. I, you know, it's my first day. I want to try to leave a good impression. So I, I go and jump into the platform really to keep the egg off my face. Um, just, you know, try to figure this stuff out, make sure I don't look stupid. And within about two weeks, one of the sales guys came up to me and said, AJ, we don't know what you're doing, but we love your leads. Keep it up. And so I go and look at the leads that he's dispositioning inside of a Salesforce, CRM at the time, and they were all sourced from LinkedIn. Wow. And that's when I went, okay, there's something to this. And, you know, kept hearing that feedback for two and a half years before finally deciding it was time to scratch that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial itch and jump off on my own and start B2Linked. Awesome.
1: And tell us a little bit about what your current business does.
0: Yeah. So just like you mentioned in the intro, uh, we pretty much manage LinkedIn advertising accounts, um, and then also do training, consulting, teaching. Excellent.
1: All right. Well, let's start off with, you know, well, actually let's just kind of deal with the, uh, the elephant in the room here, which is probably most people listening to this are very familiar with Facebook ads and maybe to a lesser extent, Google ads, depending on who's listening. Um, Tell us about why we ought to consider LinkedIn ads, considering so many people are already using these other two platforms. Yeah.
0: So, really, Facebook and LinkedIn's ads platforms, they are very, very different, um, but the principles are all the same. So, if you have something nailed on Facebook, it's probably going to work well on LinkedIn and vice versa. So, you know, I'm a huge fanboy, obviously, for LinkedIn, but I'm I, you know, I'll be the first one to admit that you should be on Facebook because the clicks are cheaper. You can learn a lot more for
1: lower costs and then, you know, translate that to other channels. So, um, well then why should we be on LinkedIn? LinkedIn has
0: by far, so it has two things really good going for it. Number one, by far the best B2B targeting. You can target by uh, someone's job title, obviously, but you can do that on Facebook as well. Um, seniority, the company they work at, skills they have in their profile, specific groups that they're members of, um, geography, years in, in business, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's extremely powerful and you can you can reach a lot bigger scale than you can on Facebook just because people aren't putting that information in Facebook.
1: That's a good point. A lot of people that have been on LinkedIn for a long time have always thought about LinkedIn as a recruitment platform, right? I mean, like it's the place where you go to find other employees or recruit contractors. Um, those kind of ads make a lot of sense, right? If I want to put an ad out to try to find a new salesperson or something. But just out of curiosity, like what other kinds of companies are using LinkedIn just to help people understand kind of, you know, maybe who the ideal target might be for, you know, an advertising, uh, for using LinkedIn to do some ads?
0: Yeah. So the two best types of advertisers. Number one you mentioned is going to be in recruiting. Recruiting offers always work well on LinkedIn. I mean, I've only I've only seen a couple of cases where they haven't worked well. But the other one is going to be B two B products or services. Something like a SaaS software company, software as a service, that you know charges you know six seven thousand dollars a month for a seat of their their software, and uh, and you know they have a lifetime value of over about fifteen k. That's who's going to work best on the B two B
1: side. So does that mean if we don't have a product that brings in that kind of revenue every month, we really should not consider LinkedIn?
0: Uh, you know, I like to say if you have a, a lifetime value of under 15 k you should probably probably make sure that your your funnel and your processes are really, really ironed out. I would suggest doing that on Facebook first and, and then bring them over. And the reason why is because LinkedIn's cost per click is much higher. Um, I routinely see somewhere between a six and eight dollar cost per click on LinkedIn. Whereas on Facebook, you know, quite often I'll see it in B2B between eighty cents and a buck fifty.
1: Interesting. Now you said lifetime value and I know that you're an ads guy, but not everybody understands even how to calculate that. Do you have any tips on how to even Ascertain what the lifetime value of a customer is. Is that something that you know about? Uh, yeah, it is, and it's one of
0: those things that, as a new company, you can't really do. Right, like you need several years in business. You need you know sizable contracts in order to see what your lifetime value is going to be. Um, but you can estimate it. You can say, you know, we've been in business for two years. We sell software that is that we collect, let's say, eight hundred dollars a month from. You can say, hey, are these people going to stay on longer than a year? Is this you know. Uh, Is it going to be like a 1.5 two year stay and try to take a guess at that? Um, Yeah, that's probably how I'd approach it.
1: Got it. Now, on Facebook, it's cheaper to acquire a quote unquote lead with an ad. But the real question is quality, right? Because I think so many of us need to be asking ourselves would we rather have a thousand unqualified leads or a hundred qualified leads, right? And if, if, I, I, that's at least the way I think about it. And, and how much would you be willing to pay for hundred qualified leads? $8 for a qualified lead that could turn into a customer that's bringing in thousands of dollars could be a decent return on, on investment. But I guess the other side of me says, well, these people are also on Facebook that are on LinkedIn. So part of what comes through my brain is, you know, I don't, for example, I don't know if I have my job title on Facebook. I'm not sure everybody thinks to even do that. So I, you know, w- just react to that for a second what's your thoughts on what I just said?
0: yeah, so like I said I'm a little bit of a fanboy for LinkedIn, but i'll be the first one to admit that any uh, any prospect that your company might be going on they're not you know they're not on a single pro- platform they're going to be omnichannel and so if you can reach your prospect on Facebook, I would highly recommend doing it If you can reach them on Twitter on Google, I would highly recommend it so Whatever platform you're on, if the targeting allows you to hit very precisely who you're going after, I I think all of those channels should be part of your mix.
1: Let's talk about what you can actually do with LinkedIn ads. Um, There's different kinds of ad types, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So if you go to linkedin.com forward slash ads and start your own self-service account, you're going to have access to two different ad units. The first was created back in 2008 when the platform started and really hasn't been updated since. Those are going to be in the right rail. Uh, If you just open up linkedin.com on your desktop right now, the right rail very often will have three text links and we call those text ads. Um, So, so,
1: and by the way, for those that don't know what right rail is, you're just talking about the sidebar off to the right, really. Right.
0: Exactly. Yes. And those have a really low click-through rate. I think most people are banner blind to them. So if you get four people clicking on them out of every 10,000 times that they're viewed, you are doing great.
1: (laughs) Real quick. Does it make sense to show certain kinds of ads there that are meant more for branding? um, Or is that still going to end up costing you quite a bit of money?
0: You know, I actually like to go the other way with text ads because they're an ad and because people understand that they're ads. Um, I think it's more appropriate to go after more of a hard sell, like get a demo, talk to someone, you know, those types of offers. Right. Um, they do get viewed a lot, and so they can be good for branding. So yeah, just make sure that you have your brand name in them when you're running.
1: You know, just a little side thought here. People are on LinkedIn specifically for business when they're on there, right? Exactly. But when they're on Facebook, they're not there necessarily for business. They're there for pleasure to catch up with their friends. So because people are on LinkedIn looking to solve business problems or interact in groups and stuff, I would venture to guess that the ads on LinkedIn might be more effective than the ads on Facebook. Have you done both for your clients and found that LinkedIn still delivers better for these business-to-business clients? I, I have, yeah. So I, to
0: be clear, I don't run Facebook ads for my clients, gotcha. but I, I run them and Twitter just to make sure I can stay sharp and and you know compare properly. But the times that I've done comparisons you know, very similar campaigns from Facebook to LinkedIn. What I find quite regularly is my conversion rate on LinkedIn is going to be about double that of Facebook. Gotcha. And on top of that, when the sales teams get a hold of the leads, they're constantly telling me, uh, hey, the Facebook leads are garbage. They may not be garbage, but they have to sift through more of them that are lower quality. Uh, But LinkedIn constantly, they're saying these are great quality.
1: Okay, so we talked about the right rail ad, and then we didn't quite get into the second other ad type. So what's the newer one? So the newer one came out in
0: 2013 and it's going to be very akin to like a Facebook promoted post. And these are called sponsored content. They're going to appear right in your mobile newsfeed or on your desktop newsfeed. And uh, they're going to be the second item in your list usually. So if you go visit it, you look at the second item, it'll be from a company that you do not currently follow and it'll say sponsored.
1: So when you see your list this would be the equivalent of like the, the feed, right? So exactly. So it's the second thing there. Can you kind of describe in words what it looks like? And if it's comparable to what we see on Facebook?
0: Yeah, it's actually pretty similar. So there are a few different formats. You can have a video, um, a video version of sponsored content. You can have a large image version, or you can have a text link version and they they look a lot, you know, very similar to those of, of Facebook, but, um, they're just going to have more characters. You can take up more room.
1: Do you find that um, videos versus images versus text, do they come at different prices or are they all pretty much the same price? You know, they're
0: actually very, very similar. So for that reason, I would not recommend trying video because, you know, six to eight bucks a click is way too much to pay for a video view. But a large image or, or a, a link to like a text link to your website, to a landing page uh, is, is usually quite good.
1: Now, when you, since we're talking about video ads in particular, do they automatically play or do you have to physically click a play button for them to play?
0: I believe you have to click, but I might prove myself wrong by
1: surfing through the feed. And if someone does click, that counts as a quote unquote action that you're going to get charged for. Is that what I hear you saying? It's not just external links off the ad?
0: Exactly. Yep. It's the same thing across all the social media ad platforms. Anytime you interact, if you're going to like, comment, share, uh, interact with, you, you always get charged for that click. And I don't like that.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Now, um, when it's just a text link is how I think you referred it. Is there, how much text are we talking about? Like just a, like 140 characters or paragraphs or what, 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 what what do we have to work with?
0: Yeah. So you get 138 characters in an intro, you can go over it, but it's just going to get truncated. If you go over, um, then you get 50 or C, uh, So 128 characters for the intro, excuse me, uh, 38 characters for the headline and then 155 characters for description. Plus you get an image that's going to show up, you know, 200 pixels wide on desktop and uh, a little bit wider on mobile.
1: Now, if you choose not to show the image, it's just going to show the text. Is that what I hear you saying? Or or are you saying that everybody is using images now with their ads There is no such thing as a text only ad?
0: Yeah. Everyone's using images.
1: Gotcha. Um, all right. So what kind of Targeting, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit in the beginning when we were talking about why, but maybe let's dig into some of the targeting capabilities that we can do with LinkedIn.
0: Sure. So my four favorites, I I call these like my four pillars for lack of a better term, Um, job title targeting, which very similar to that of Facebook, where you're relying on people telling you their job title and then you're relying on... On you know a, a computer to aggregate all those job titles and put them into buckets. So it's not like if someone types uh, VP marketing and someone else types marketing VP that uh, that they're automatically going to be separate job titles. You know the computer's going to go back and try to aggregate that and give you one thing that you can select as an advertiser. So so you have job title um, usually a little bit more competitive because most B two B advertisers jump right to a job title, but it's going to be very exact. Then you have job function in combination with seniority. And job function, what it is, is basically the department that you work in. So if you're looking for, let's say, IT directors, you can say, my job function is IT and my seniority is director. You overlap those two things and then you're left with directors of IT. Cool. Um, The third is targeting skills. So in our IT example here, you could say, well, hey, what are some skills that IT people are going to have? Maybe it's going to be, you know, SQL, or maybe it's going to be, I don't know, server distribution or something like that. Um, You can select those skills and then apply your seniority filter on top of that. So maybe you select those skills and then try a director seniority. And the final is groups, so you can say, "Hey, I'm. I know I'm looking for IT folks. The people who are going to be in a group called uh, IT professionals, they're probably going to be IT professionals. So you can target those types of groups, and then maybe even layer on a seniority filter of VP or director on that one too." So it sounds
1: like you cannot target fans of pages. Is that correct?
0: No, not currently.
1: Now, um, does it? Me- you kind of mentioned combining like job function first of all, job function versus job title. Maybe you could just distinguish what the difference is there. Cause I was a little confused by that.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. They're just different types of targeting. So a job function, you're going to be able to target someone by what department they work in. Oh,
1: like marketing, for example. Exactly. Job so title can... might be director of marketing.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I see. So, um, what do you normally recommend when it comes to targeting and, and does it get more expensive as you do more targeting?
0: Uh, It does. It's very similar to Facebook. The more targeting layers you put on, the higher you're going to see your bids and your CPCs crawl. Uh, Not too terribly much, but it'll go up. Um,
1: Do they show you an estimated audience size or anything like that?
0: They do. That's actually my favorite part of building a campaign on LinkedIn is every new filter you add, you get to watch your, your audience get more and more precise.
1: Now, as far as groups, do you have to belong to the groups that you target? No. Nope. You can
0: target any group.
1: Do they have do they give you any kind of a tool that allows you to know whether a group is more or less active or better than another group just to kind of get it because there's a bazillion groups out there right
0: you're right. And it's unfortunate, but no, the only tools you have are inside the ads platform. You can type a word and all groups that contain that word or are related will show up and you can kind of click to add, or you can go into LinkedIn proper and just do a search through their universal search for groups and find the ones that look the most active. Of course, you'd probably have to join the group to see that.
1: What, what do you recommend for people that are just getting started with LinkedIn targeting? Which Should they start with a group or should they go broader with like a job title? What are your thoughts? So I like – I would probably suggest two approaches, um, either
0: job title because it's going to be so precise. You know you're going to be hitting exactly the people you want to, or I'd go right to groups um, because groups show this, this level of engagement in a topic. Like I'm in marketing, but if I'm not in a group that's about, uh, I, I don't know, like, like Google AdWords, I'm probably not that passionate about it. Um, but you can figure – you know, someone has online marketing manager as their title. Um, you don't know whether they're an AdWords pro. So if you're trying to sell an AdWords type offer to them, you probably want to get someone who's a member of an AdWords type group.
1: What about demographic targeting? Like for example, region of the world language, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's actually pretty good. Um, what you do is when you set up your profile, you told LinkedIn where you're located. And so here in Utah, we have like the Salt Lake metro area and we have the whole state of Utah and then we have like Provo. Um, and, and those are the, the examples we have. And that's just because that's what LinkedIn has teased out uh, the main regions that people are from. Your state might have more or less, but when you target a specific geolocation, it's going to target people who declared that's where they're located.
1: Not everyone declares that is what I hear you saying.
0: Uh, Everyone declares it, but like mine says I'm from the Salt Lake metro area, but if I'm traveling to London to go speak at a conference, I'm going to still be getting Salt Lake, Utah type offers. Um, It's not getting me from where I am. Whereas with Facebook, I believe they take your location from your IP and you could get London offers while you're over there and Utah offers when you get here.
1: What about desktop versus mobile? Is there any variance at all, or can you target just mobile, for example? Uh,
0: th- this
1: is a sore spot for
0: me. Uh, no, you can't separate them. So, hmm. if you're if you need a desktop only offer, you have to use those right rail text ads because those are only shown on desktop. Um, sponsored updates. I am just like all the other social platforms, mobile is taking over. And so, if you're if you're you know, if you're targeting using sponsored updates, 65 percent or more of your traffic is going to come from mobile, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it yet.
1: Now, can you turn a post into an up into a sponsored update like an existing organic post on a LinkedIn page? You sure can. And do you recommend doing that, or do you recommend creating it as an ad in the first place?
0: So there are a couple things to consider here. Um, when I'm advertising, I'm usually running lots of campaigns. I manage you know, pretty large accounts. And so because of that, I need to track every single one of my ads with a unique tracking parameter so I can keep everything like all the results straight. Um, and so if you're doing that, if you take an organic post and kind of do that boosting, what what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to tell the results from, I put, you know, $60 of spend towards this. Plus it was on my page for a little while and it got 10 conversions. How don't do know, I know? Yeah.
1: You don't know what came from paid and what came from organic, exactly. right?
0: Yeah. But the great part about it is if you do decide to post, um, you know, just to boost one of your organic posts, you get the social proof aspect. You get all the people who are already fans of your brand who've interacted and commented and liked. And so by the time you advertise that, it looks like it's a hopping topic and people are more willing to interact with
1: it. Yeah. Cause that, cause all that activity goes with that. Exactly. Now somebody, do do you have the option to share an ad? You do. Yeah. Does, do you know whether it, 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 let's say that I saw your ad and I shared it and then some of my fans interacted with it or friends, do you still pay for that?
0: You pay for the initial click. So when you clicked it, I paid. And then when your friends clicked it, all those are free clicks.
1: Got it. So, um, getting to the images, um, is it more like a 16 by nine kind of an image or four by three? Any thoughts on the size parameters here? And does it vary based on whether you watch it on a mobile or on a desktop?
0: Yeah. So, it's actually the same size as Facebook, but you're not constrained to the 20% rule, which is awesome. So, it's 1,200 by 627 is the the universal image you'll use.
1: Gotcha. So, it's pretty much 3 by 2, it sounds like. Yeah. But, uh, if I'm doing my math right. <laughs> or I might not be doing my math right. I think I am. I'm not sure. Don't- I think
0: it's 1.91 to to one or something. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. That's probably two to one almost. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Math, math, math is not obviously my <laughs> reminder to self. Never do math while recording a podcast. All right. <laughs> so um I was going to ask about the, the, the best practices on the image use. So you're not constrained if you put big old words on the image at all, like you are on Facebook.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's actually really effective if you're if you're doing a podcast or a webinar or something like that, putting in big words across the image, the name of the the podcast or webinar and the date and the time, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, works really well. I wish Facebook would lighten up on the twenty percent.
1: <sighs> yep, me too. So <laughs> let's talk about um let's talk about the pricing side of things. How how does LinkedIn determine what the cost is going to be, or how? Yeah. Be, or said a better way, how can we budget?
0: yeah, so it is so the pricing of the, the ads, you know, I've said that you're gonna probably pay if you're being aggressive somewhere between six and eight dollars per click, you can get cheaper. The way that that's determined is just it's an auction just like AdWords or Facebook ads. Um, the reason I think why it's so expensive is people in av- you know, on average will spend about seventeen minutes on LinkedIn about every week. And so that's not people checking in a whole lot meaning there's not a whole lot of inventory for, for ads to run. Whereas on Facebook, you have people who are spending you know, four and five hours per day. That's lots of inventory for ads. And so it, it kind of brings, uh, brings that cost down. So that's how it's determined. But you as an advertiser, you can say, I, want to, I, I agree to pay per click, or you can say, I'll agree to pay per thousand impressions, and you get that control.
1: What do you find is more effective for you, the CPM or the uh, cost per click?
0: Um, I will always recommend starting with cost per click, just because it shifts the uh, the risk. To the platform, if one of your ads that you launches totally sucks, um, you don't you're not going to pay for it because no one clicked on it. Um, LinkedIn's going to be showing that and not getting any return for it. So eventually they'll just kind of shut it off. But once you have an ad that you know is getting clicked on at a really high rate, so for me my heuristic is once I have a, a sponsored content that has over a one percent click through rate, I will switch to CPM and usually get a a dollar or two per click discount immediately.
1: Got it. Um, how is LinkedIn's ad manager, or whatever they call it, um, or, and is there third-party tools that work in addition to uh, whatever LinkedIn provides?
0: Yeah, the platform's uh, what I would call on the dated side. I mean, if you were AdWords circa 2003 or 2005, it's pretty similar to that, Um and I think the reason is because LinkedIn just makes like 61% or something like that of their revenue from the recruiter solution. So they've been able to put advertising on the back burner. But so the platform is quite overly simplistic. It's lacking a lot of the bells and whistles that you'd see from a more modern ad platform, but it's definitely getting better. There is one third-party tool. It's the only third-party tool out there that allows you to to do um, kind of third-party management of your ads, and that's called AdStage. It's adstage.io. And they have API access to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, AdWords, and Bing ads. And so it's one platform to manage all of those. That's the power tool I use for getting really heavy into LinkedIn.
1: Does it do anything you cannot easily do on LinkedIn alone? Like split testing and stuff?
0: Uh, Yeah. um, You can do pretty easy split testing on the platform, so that's not a problem. But you can do things like day parting, running your ads only during business hours or only on weekends. With this Uh, tool, right? Exactly. Yep. And you can't do that with LinkedIn's campaign manager.
1: What was the name of that tool again? AdStage. AdStage AdStage.io. Cool. Uh, LinkedIn Remarketing. Talk to us about that. So
0: LinkedIn does not have a retargeting solution currently. They bought a company called Bizo.com back in 2013, which was, it it was a big uh, enterprise level retargeting platform, and they just, you probably remember when LinkedIn's stock price cut in half here about six months ago um, the reason why is because they declared that they were dumping the platform mm. what they should have said is that they're going to be baking the platform into their their current self-service ads which I'm super excited about but there's no mention on when that's gonna happen so eventually we'll get retargeting but right now what I suggest is run all of your LinkedIn traffic to to your website and then because you know exactly who these people are you have really awesome targeting and then use your Facebook Twitter and AdWords retargeting to pick up that traffic and show to them on those other networks
1: got it and i would imagine if you somehow use utm parameters sending them to the site you might be able to somehow target them uh i don't know i've never really thought through this totally but if you if they came from linkedin and they had a special ad i don't know if you even use utms but uh you know you can do some pretty Sophisticated tracking. And I would imagine you could remarket them on a different platform like Google, you know, uh, using some of that remarketing. So,
0: yeah, that's actually something I've thought through quite a bit and, and I've done some experimenting with. So, I do, I use UTM parameters religiously. And one of the things I'll do is in my campaign parameter, I'll, I'll get a little bit geeky here. In my campaign parameter, I'll list who the audience is. So, I might run CEOs and CTOs to the same landing page uh, and Traditionally with retargeting, those both of those uh, people would be added to the same retargeting list, but because I have in my UTM parameter that this person's a CEO and this one's a CIO or CTO, I can go and set in, let's say, uh, Facebook ads retargeting and in, in AdWords, any traffic that has CEO in this tag, put them in a CEO audience, and you can get very specific with your messaging.
1: Very cool. What kind of analytics and reporting does LinkedIn provide you?
0: Um, it, it's... Pretty weak, actually. Um, the The report that you get by default, you can do a campaign level or an ad level report, and uh, it, it's nothing special. You get to change your your time period and all that. Uh, one thing that you do get that's that's a little bit on the sexy side, um, you get what they call audience insights. So what they'll do is they'll take a look at all of the people who've clicked on your ads in any given, this can be account wide or it can be in a single audience and they'll, they'll populate like eight different graphs. One will be seniority. One will be job title. One will be geography. And so you can look in at that graph and say, wow, 60% of the people who clicked on these ads uh, have a VP or above seniority. Maybe I'm resonating really well with that group.
1: Very cool. What for the, my last question for you is for somebody who just wants to get started with you know they've listened to all that you had to say and they really want to figure out how to get started with LinkedIn ads is there any particular tip that you would recommend just to make sure that they you know have a little bit maybe a little win before they call all in and blow all their money
0: <laughs> yeah. Great question. So I recommend people uh, kind of ease into it very carefully. Um, the last thing you'd want to say is, hey, we have a 20K budget this month. Let's dump it all and just kind of st- see what happens. Uh, I would ease in very carefully. First of all, I would choose my audience and make sure that they are as relevant as possible to my offer. And then I would start with a very uh, low friction type offer. Maybe that's something like a uh, a white paper, a um, let's say an ebook, a guide, a... Um, a checklist, something like that, where you're asking for very little. You're asking for maybe just their email address. That's going to give you the very best chance of success. And so if you're successful there, you can start doing things like, well, maybe we we introduce an offer that's a little bit more, you know, maybe we're asking for their phone number this time. Maybe we're asking for a job title. Uh, Maybe we're, I, I don't know, things like that. Just ease in very best case scenario and then branch out from there as you scale.
1: Awesome. AJ, why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and all the cool stuff you've got going on? Well, I appreciate that. Um, so,
0: b2linked.com is where I reside and uh, and I actually put together an offer here for the Social Media Examiner listener audience. Um, so if you go at the time of airing, if you go to b2linked.com forward slash SME for Social Media Examiner, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of a gift there. I'm actually coming out with courses. I've uh, quite frequently run into people who want to run LinkedIn ads but, but can't afford to have b2linked run them for them. And so, I, I've gotten really excited about creating a course where I teach you exactly how to do what I'm doing for a much discounted price. So I'm going to be coming out with my first course and, um, you sign up on that list from that, from the SME landing page. And, uh, and then you'll be the first one to be notified and you'll get the initial course for free.
1: And just to be clear, it's the letter B, the number two, and then the word linked.com slash SME. Does it, does it matter if the SME is all caps or lowercase?
0: Uh, I don't think it matters, Okay, I say keep it lower.
1: All right, cool. Lowercase. B2Linked.com slash SME. AJ Wilcox, thank you so much for coming on today's show and sharing all your insight into LinkedIn ads.
0: Thanks, Mike. Total pleasure.
1: Well, I hope you found value in today's podcast. If there was anything that we mentioned and you just didn't catch it, well, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. All you have to do is visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 219. That stands for episode 219. And by the way, if this is your first time listening to the show, hit that subscribe button. I don't want you to ever miss a future episode of this podcast. Also, do not forget to check out Social Media Marketing World 2017, the mega conference from Social Media Examiner. Simply visit socialmediaworld17.com to get your discount tickets. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast
0: is a production of Social Media Examiner.